sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. 22 weeks in a row. Uh, I have been in the house, and we have continued, uh, you know, crapping this thing out. Uh, my co-host with me, uh, Tony, uh, you guys know him, um, from, uh, his time. Uh, I guess I was thinking, Tony, maybe you'd be the third Oppenheim brother. I know you said, you just told me five seconds ago, you never saw selling sunset. So I wanted to make a joke that you would have no idea what I was talking about, but there's these two bald guys who, uh, run a real, a realtor. And, uh, I think you could be their third triplet because they look a lot like you, except they're like a foot shorter and weigh 100 less pounds. <laughs> Thanks for the balding thing. I, I tend to wear a cap these days. I thought when you were talking about an Oppenheim brother, when you, you pitched this to me, I'd got into a lot of research about nuclear bombs and about the Second World War and about the cultural impact I had on society. Uh, apparently, I just should have been watching reality TV. Uh, sorry, this skit gone has gone horribly awry. Yeah, Unlike most of our bits, which are perfect. Um, also joining us today, uh, because we didn't have anything to talk about, we had to find someone who can create something to talk about out of thin air. Uh, it's our friend Brian Malika. How you doing, oh, Brian? Sorry, before Brian comes on, how come oh, you didn't? Oh, wow, rude. Well, how Thanks. come you didn't pose a skit at him? How come you didn't make him one of the like the property brothers? At least I know that. Here we go. Hold, hold Brian, on. I, let me let me interrupt. I think I know why. It's because uh, Griff is operating from what I like to call the Brian Malika school of comedy. <laughs> where you know for a fact your audience has no idea what you're talking about, and then right. you go ahead and open with it. All right. Yep. Uh, that was what I was. Yep. So that's uh, that. That way, you start off in a nice deep hole, and then you work from there. Yep. So that's why he did it. So, uh, Brian, I was going to ask you though. Um, you have seen Selling Sunset. Uh, yeah. You have at least a cursory familiarity with the uh, uh, many ladies on the show. You have a portfolio of real estate um, listings and so on and so forth, and mm-hmm. a deep rapport with your clients. I'm sure. Um, so which, which of those ladies do you think you bear the most, uh, resemblance to sort of in your, your sort of listing profile, uh, you know, sort of the, your customer service level treatment of the client, so on and so forth. You got a favorite? I, I don't. And, and only because I don't remember any of their names, but mm. what, here's what I can tell you is it's, uh, I mean, listen, like, yes, I, I'm, I'm involved in real estate. And what this reminds you of is it really, it requires nothing to, to no. be a real estate agent. You just have to pass a class and a test, take the test as many times as you want. So anybody at some point or another can become a real estate agent. And it's a harsh reality. When you call it your career, which, you know, at this point it is for me, it really makes you feel shitty about yourself. Like I have a degree, I've done a few things. I, uh, I, uh, I could carry on like a reasonable conversation with people. And then you just see these ladies who, and gentlemen, I shouldn't just uh, say well, it's ladies, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's mostly ladies, but, show you. The ladies, but the ladies though. Uh, and, and they just, they, they seem to be so painfully 
just vapid and unprepared and then just back their way into these huge just six figure commissions yeah. and you're like i'm gonna fucking throw up what am i even doing yep uh, if only you had a name like amanza I think you'd, you'd be a better shot. Yeah. Just my all-time favorite name. Um, and actually, I don't mind that that lady, but that's it was just a very, it's a great, it's a classic. And she had no real estate training whatsoever, had never sold one house. And the first house she ever sold earned her a $230,000 commission. Of course, if you're that's how life works. <laughs> yeah, <it's perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it, that's, and, and I think that gets you, hey, it gets you like a one-bedroom apartment in, in uh, LA, huh? How about yeah, that? I found I found the only career other than comedy where someone completely ill-equipped can just back their way into a giant fortune by accident. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. All right, Tony. Um, the big news last week um, was that I was going to leave the house, and uh, I, I know Tony. Uh, uh, we had talked about this on the show, Brian. I had mentioned this you, to you on the on the side and you sort of spoke to me as uh, like a kind of a proud older brother. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. you need this. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you know, this will get you back on the pathway to normalcy. Sure. Um, and uh, I'll say I, I had a pretty good experience um, going out and drinking beer um, from our friends at half acre here in this here. In so this you thing. did take my recommendation. I did. I did, Tony. You made a recommendation. And I took it, and it actually worked out. So that's got to be a three for three that you've never had. Um, <laughs> you nailed the wreck. You, we we managed to make it there without being run off the road or anything. And then also uh, we went there, and and it here four days out. Right, it doesn't feel like anyone put themselves in any sort of immense danger. Um, I will I will say this, Brian, and I don't know the case where you are but it was an incredibly policed uh, experience. And I don't mean the the police that are roving the streets and beating people up. I mean, like sort of just tightly managed uh, mm-hmm. experience um, in which there were uh, an out, there was an outset of rules laid out by the, by the fellow at the front. Uh, everything is outdoors. The tables are spaced very far apart. They lay out the rules. Um, you're not, you can't get up. Don't get up. Um, and if you do get up, you better be leaving or going to the restroom and have your mask on. And there's a very sort of specific protocol with how stuff is brought to your table and what they have available and so on and so forth. But I will say it made you feel safe. And I was pretty satisfied. I mean, it's obviously very satisfied with the product. So I don't know about Vegas. Is it, is it a little more lax there? Yes. But, uh, like, so we've, we've been out and about, more than you, but not an insane amount. Uh, but that's actually something we look up in advance. Like we're taking more chances than, than you have taken, but we're also trying to take them in like the smartest way possible. So like we, we will go on their website and like, if they don't talk at all about any measures they're taking, then we won't go to a place or, you know what I mean? So like, we want to read like, okay, so what's the deal? Like, yeah, yes. So you're, uh, you're only taking reservations or appointments. Uh, you're, you know, yep. only have a certain amount of seats. Uh, yeah, you have to, if if you get up from your chair, you have to be wearing a mask or you will be asked to leave. Right. So those are all things that we, that we look for. So we've, like I said, we've been maybe a, a little more adventurous, but we try to do it in a, in a somewhat intelligent way. Cause, uh, 
you know, we have the X factor of kids, which is, it comes in on, on both parts, right? It makes you, it drives you to want to get out of the fucking house more. Right. It also makes you like more aware that like, you know, Hey, there's, there's a larger risk than just, Hey, we're, we're rolling the dice on ourselves. So it's, uh, that, that's what we've been doing because if you don't look for that, trust me, there's enough places in Vegas that don't give a fuck. Like now that sports are happening again, I am making some trips to sports books. I've been primarily using the, uh, the, the kiosk at, uh, at the South point. So I don't Mm -hmm. actually, I can go right in the door to the kiosk and right out the door again at the sports book entrance. Uh, and, uh, but just from that, I can tell you that people don't care. Like it's like, you're, they're wearing a mask because they have to, but you also, it's a casino. So what do you do? You drink, you smoke. And if you're doing either one of those things with your mouth, uh, you don't, <laughs> you know, you, you take your mask off or you pull it down. And so it's, it's all, it's all willy nilly. And I, as much as I enjoy a casino, I'm, I'm spending zero time in casinos right now. Okay. Like, I'm familiar with butt chugging, so I get how you can drink without using your mouth. But how do you smoke without using your mouth? Uh, listen, get creative. Ask the guys wearing oxygen masks and smoking in Las Vegas. I don't know. I mean, they, they've, they've been pulling off some sort of unique stuff out, out there over the years. Ask any of the guys we know that have been to Thailand. They'll tell you. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the, uh, the, there's a lot, um, there's a lot, it's a lot tighter here. It feels like, especially in the city, but that's actually, I, I sort of made the same conscious decision you did, which is to go to the city because out here in the, in the suburbs and the exurbs, as it were, um, it's a free for all, or it can be a free for all because we have sort of the dangerous confluence of, um, I guess people who are, uh, at least doing their best to be masked and, um, take precautions and then the lunatics, um, total lunatics. So we'll, we'll get in a fight about it. Would rather get into a fight about it. Trying to get into a fight about it is what they're doing. Yeah. Trying to fist fight about it. And actually I think in the suburbs, we actually have more people also trying to get into a fist fight the other way. So, they're, they see somebody without the mask and they will try to kick that person's ass. It's, it's wild out here. It's um, we got some crazy crap going on here, but uh, right. yeah, we managed to get out of that uh, successfully. Uh, Tony, the beers were fantastic. Um, I ended up leaving Brian. This will, this will make you happy. Uh, I did end up somehow I get, we got three 10 ounce beers each Kelly and I. Um, so drank 30 ounces of beer and ate a pretzel and because of all my to-go beer I bought, uh, I ended up paying $220. I mean, come on now. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I am, in the grand scheme of it, I'm glad because you left the house. It's almost like if you add it up, like you're still way up financially oh because God, you haven't yeah. left the house in six months. So the one time you do, you spend a ridiculous amount of money. It doesn't matter. You're still way ahead. But, oh, yeah, but, by thousands but, and thousands of dollars, yeah. Where, where it gets ridiculous for me is uh, how much beer do you need at your fucking house, Andy? <laughs> like it's it. Like at what point is enough enough? Yep. I don't have a good answer for that. That, that <laughs> sounds like a normal person would answer it. It's certainly less than what I have. How about that? Um, yeah, as someone who's been unpacking, you know, weekly shipments from North Carolina of some beers. And, you know, my local shop, been dropping them off or been, been picking those up uh, in uh, curbside. So 
Um, I would say the amount of beers you need in your house is not this many. But here we are, so it doesn't really matter. I was thinking uh, this is a little bit off topic, but I was thinking, you remember when we went to uh, when I, we went to visit you and we went to Wrigley, mm-hmm. and they had those uh, beers where they put the the cup down, and it somehow filled it up from the it bottom. From the bottom, yeah. How did they do that? How did they do that? I don't know why I just thought about that right now, but how how's that done? I can't tell you exactly how that technology works. Um, I'm sure Tony will be on. Uh, Tony's going to be in a rabbit hole for the next six hours. I already to know how it works. Into his house. I already okay, know. Tell us how it works. Now there's a magnet in the bottom. That's all I know. Okay, so it's essentially got. It's a cylinder with a piece of plastic that that presses down to the bottom, and so there's something that the the nozzle pushes up from the bottom, opens up the bottom of the the cup and forces in the liquid with pressure. And as you let go of the nozzle, the um, weight of the liquid presses the um, the cup shut. So that's how it works. Pretty simple. I mean, okay, so in theory that makes sense to me, but you're, you're at a baseball game with a bunch of drunk people. Like, does it take a tremendous amount of pressure to lift that thing up again? Because otherwise, no. fucking idiots would, like, rest it on their knee and then just have beer spilling all over them it takes more pressure than that it takes but it doesn't but it takes um less than you would think right so if you if you like you want to (laughs) yeah yeah, if you force down on the cup holder right you know so the little cup holders in front of your seat at wrigley and you force down on the on the cup you could open your beer from the bottom um for sure yeah right do they have those? At, do you do you guys have those, Tony? Those little no, magic things. We don't. Okay. We we did used to have a guy that used to have a keg on his back at um, Marvel oh, Stadium, yeah. but uh, that's, that's gone by the thing. wayside. Tony, are you allowed to drink at sporting events in Australia? We are, but a lot of them only have mid strength beer, so mid strength is four percent or below, which is terrible beer, and it is. Hideously expensive and only ever in plastic cups. No taking a can because I watch NBA games and in some states they just do the plastic cup thing, but in other states that you're allowed to drink from a can or a or an aluminum bottle, but um, not here in Australia. One of the unusual things I always think about with with English uh, English soccer is uh, that they have the refreshment zone, so nobody can take a beer into the stands they have to stand in like a pen essentially and drink the beer and then leave and then go back into their seat um just a very odd experience to me i think i just try not to drink for 90 minutes i think i can pull that off yeah we're not animals like those in the uk because uh yeah do you really want soccer hooligans and beer going together they're bad enough when they're sober I mean, the beer's already going together i mean they're drinking before they show up right imagine if they tried to do that uh, here oh if, if this has taught us nothing else it's that you can't tell most americans shit nope. you can't you can't ask them to wear a cloth on their face when they're around other people to keep from fucking dying, dying. yeah <laughs> you tell them they yeah, can't drink or they have to stand in a special place to drink at a sporting event it's fucking madness you cannot tell an american shit we yeah, will not listen to any rules. Yeah, no, it's it, it, you can't drink three malorts before the game. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm doing it. I, I'll I'll show you. Right. Yeah, it's brutal. 
So Tony, uh, you've been drinking this week too. You, um, before the show, you said you wanted to tell me about the beers you drank that were stuck together, which was a funny way to say it, but, um, (laughs) I know there's a better story behind that. So Tony, tell me about the beers that you got stuck together. So, um, there's a New Zealand brewery, um, that's done this a couple of times, and it, but it was the first time it was available to me. So th- what they did is they packaged two cans, two shorter cans together, and it and it looked like like one large can that w- was um, a little over sixteen ounces, closer to eighteen. Um, but the label was used to stick the two cans together, and it was I a. Just, I don't know why I'm just. Two large can, two small cans to make a large can. <laughs> I can just say, I can, can we clip that for something? Too long, Andy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there was some re- redundancy there. It didn't turn into a transformer. This was not the Optimus Prime of beers. Um, oh, two small cans formed a larger cans, can. For that matter, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so. Um, what it was designed to do was to be able to taste each of the beers separately. One was a salted caramel IPA and the other was a baked pear sour. And salted caramel IPA, we discussed last week, sounds sounds awful to me. Okay. We'll get into that. And then you, the, the third option was to mix them together. Brian, what do you think of a salted caramel IPA? Uh, listen, I've been very <laughs> clear on, on my thoughts on these named beers. I'd be willing to bet that I would taste it and it would taste like a beer to me. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I want. Like if I can, I'd, I want it to taste like a, uh, like a, a turtle. It's going to taste like either of those things, honestly. But well, yeah. Uh, can I also tell you that I'm a little bit disappointed? Uh, well, I'll let you get back to that in a second, Tony. But uh, you guys, uh, uh, one of your loyal fans, uh, Grammar Nazi, posted something yep. on Facebook to all of us. About- <laughs> About the new Jimmy Jimmy Dean sausage breakfast beers. Oh no, no we'll like, talk about that. Oh yeah. Okay, if if it's coming up, then I'll then I'll wait for it. But go okay. go ahead. Yeah, no, we're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, learn to be a good guest for fuck's sake. No, no, I think I think he's right. He he had no confidence that we could think about that for more than one second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, getting back to me uh, before yeah, Brian's of course. before Brian's inter- means. Inter- interruption. So I did all three. The mixed of the two was. Fine. It was very average. I wouldn't say it was a a baked pear with a salted caramel, whatever. Um, it it was just a a sweet sour beer. That Brian is right. It was kind of nondescript. Individually, the pear sour, the baked pear sour, was inoffensive, but was one of the worst sours I've had. It was um, had a little bit of pear. F- flavor but that was it and the salted caramel ipa i don't know what the fuck the ipa part was doing there it was just a golden ale that had a little bit of salted caramel flavor there was nothing hoppy this thing wasn't cloudy Uh, it said it was a um dark ipa which i have a problem with in the first place it's like white stouts and dark ipas they they shouldn't be a thing and this just proved it two very average beers put together two plus two equaled one in this situation putting them together didn't make them better just thin really thin beers pretty terrible but i really enjoyed the packaging because who doesn't enjoy a good package yeah there There you go perfect yeah uh well only a only felt uh, potentially a little racist at the end there, but otherwise I thought that was a pretty good review. Um, 
<laughs> wow, I'm scratching my head to see what what was racist. Are, are you a fan of white stouts? Oh, here we go. I'm gonna can I'm gonna get you cancelled. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to get Tony cancelled. That's the only thing I want. <laughs> you in Goodyear, Tony? You're getting cancelled. Um, I'll wear my mega right, fucking uh, cap wherever I want. Yeah. Oh. Um, real Can quick, I uh, riff on mega caps. I I had to. I was laughing a little bit because um, I one one of the things I think is is epically stupid is the mega caps that look like a MAGA cap, but say something else on them. That's supposed to be funny, but still just looks like a MAGA cap. Right. Um, and there was some, and, and while I, I certainly agree with the message um, uh, regarding say the murderers of Breonna Taylor, there were some, uh, I believe the Lakers were wearing a red cap with crossed out, make America. The great again was crossed out, crossed out, but written was arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Obviously good. But if you look at that hat from more than, say, 12 feet away, uh, it looks like a MAGA cap. Right. Yep. And it feels like the last thing we need to be doing is promoting the MAGA cap. Yep. Um, and it's like the things that like the bags that say, like, fuck Trump 2020. Well, I'm like, two of the words on there are Trump 2020. Right. And so you like, got to do better than this. <laughs> so this is the same problem I have with the Isle of Man flag. By itself, a harmless logo of three legs. But you look at that from a distance, it reads swastika. And I really think they should change it. Am I right, Brian? You've seen the Isle of Man flag. 100%. So, so I, I am notorious, much to my wife's dismay. Uh, like, if I'm wearing, like, a button-up shirt or something, I'll just wear any T-shirt underneath it instead right. of, like, a regular undershirt, right? So Animal. I, I was... I was gifted a, uh, a, an Isle of Man shirt, you know, during a, a tie con one time. Shut up, dumb dog. No one's asking you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I was gifted a shirt, and it, it happened to have the, the... Why is my dog... We have this dog. He's a fucking... Like, he's so... Uh, he does nothing. He is not a protector of any kind. He's, uh, he's just this big, squishy, stupid dog, but he barks like he's a dangerous dog, which I guess is nice, but he really does. He can't follow it through. But anyway, so it's got the Isle of Man flag symbol, and it's like right in the upper part of the chest. So if I'm wearing that as an undershirt, and then I have a button-up shirt on over it, and then maybe I've left you know, two or three buttons open just you can just see the logo so it really does look like i'm rocking a secret swastika like at a glance like i'm throwing right. a little symbol out to anybody who might be like-minded yeah. uh you know <laughs> all kind of keeping it under wraps so i i agree with you a hundred percent like it's come on guys like it's you, you you know what people are assuming just just let's just move it along yeah exactly I, Tony, I swear to God, you said Iowa man flag. And I was like, did we get a Florida man and an Iowa man? Is that something? I <laughs> know oh, the accent's right. confusing, but come on. Iowa man probably would be the full-on swastika. Oh, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah, we know that guy for sure from uh, Sioux Falls, Iowa. Yep. Um, so, uh, Brian, uh, Tony came up with a segment. Uh, a while back, and I thought I'd put, I'd dust this segment off um, for us. Uh, it was based on a, a apparently a phrase I said, and uh, I thought it'd be good for uh, for us to get your reactions to some of the 
pressing news of the day in the beer universe. Um, so, I mean, I think maybe one reaction already is, uh, why is, why is there that news? Um, that's one question I often ask is why is there beer news and why is it happening? And, uh, but this segment is called Hyper Beer News. That is correct. That is the segment you named, uh, the first time we ever had this segment on the show. Yeah, I don't remember that, but uh, I don't remember anything I've said on this show six seconds afterwards. You should see me trying to write the show notes, and sometimes I don't write the show notes, in fact, and until you text me at 7 in the morning central time and say, where's the show notes? But, uh, Brian, I wanted to I, – I picked out three kind of pressing issues in the beer world right now that people have been tweeting about. You know, you've had your beer writers. It exists putting stuff out there about this stuff, your beer podcasters that do beer news, which we can only assume is the five hundred by midnight of beer. Uh, those types of things that I've never, I can't imagine listening to, but uh, they've been talking about this stuff. So um, I thought it'd be good for you to kind of give us your reaction. I'm sure Tony will uh, unprompted, give us some reaction to this. Um, and I might even prompt him. So we'll see. But, uh, Brian, here, here's a here's an interesting piece that came out today, um, actually. So, Hard Seltzer. Brian, are you familiar with Hard Seltzer? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so uh, craft breweries have been, I think, uh, kind of in one or two camp, one of two camps with this. They've said either I am going to embrace the Hard Seltzer world and I'm going to start pumping out some really weird hard seltzers. Uh, Evil Twin, for example, Tony has been making lots of different hard seltzers, maybe flavored like things like gummy bears and made an energy drink one just to try to be like different. Um, Some people have shunned it. Beer writers, fancy nerdy beer writers have shunned it to a degree. Uh, My personal opinion is I think it's good. Uh, And I like the Bud Light kind. So uh, you can't judge me for that. Oh, yes, we can. um, Recently, the Brewers Association, which is the kind of the, uh, I guess, the association of craft brewers here in the States, released a book. And the book is named How to Make Hard Seltzer Refreshing Recipes for Sparkling Libations. So they are making a, they are therefore sanctioning and making a book that um, validates the, you know, making of hard cider by craft breweries, despite, you know, certainly there was some, uh, you know, strife over that, that uh, breweries don't necessarily want to turn into seltzer makers. Seltzer has explosive growth, um, though, so I think there's opportunity, but also I think they see it a bit as maybe selling out for all I know. I don't know. But uh, so craft breweries making hard seltzer. Brian, what do you think about this? Does this, does this, you know, turn your antenna up? Do you care? Are you just saying, well, if I'm going to drink hard seltzer, I'm just buying white claws anyways. Uh, so before I answer that, let me just say Griff with this Bud Light hard seltzer. Oh, dude. So it's like, it's like a racist guy who insists he has a black friend. You know what I mean? Like, listen, (laughs) of course I've said some horrible things about it, but it's cool because I like this Bud Light hard seltzer. So it's, it's it's fine that I say this horrible thing about MGD light. Uh, it's, uh, it's. Well, MGD light is awful. I don't, I just want to. <laughs> so there he goes, racist again. Yeah. So, no, uh, I, I think it's fine. Like, listen, I, I, I agree with you. I think hard seltzer is, is not a terrible thing. I mean, 
if I'm going out somewhere where I know I'm going to be drinking a lot of things, I mean, not that these, you know, sorts of nights exist, but we've been to concerts and stuff to get sure. a grip. Uh, a vodka soda is a good drink for that kind of a night because you can have a few of them. You're getting a little bit of hydration along with your booze. Sure. So, you know, it makes, so I, I'm, I'm in favor of it. They're good for outside drinking. So uh, I, I think it's fine. It, where it's going to get annoying. And this is, this is, I've had this conversation with you guys about just hipster shit in general. Yeah. I like hipster stuff. I like artisanal <laughs> shit. I like yeah. fancy donut. What I don't like is the process. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. I don't want you to fuck around with it so much. Yeah. Uh, that that suddenly the, the the process becomes bigger than the product. Yeah, and this so, is the part that I thought you would like is that this is a two hundred page book of recipes for hard. There seltzer. we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now 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 you're exactly where I'm at with it. Now it's annoying. Uh, yeah. So I, I like the idea of doing it. I'm not going to pay forty dollars for it, and I don't want to hear about uh, you know your your vision, your mission statement for the company, uh, any of that. <laughs> hard stuff. Like just, just whatever. Make an orange-flavored hard seltzer, and there's a good chance I'll drink it because I like that shit. So do you um, – so, uh, so, Tony, you have not – you haven't explored hard seltzer. Oh, you're, I, you're just, like, anti, or do you guys not have it, or what's going on with that? I, ha- I have explored it. I just haven't had the Bud Light kind. Um, I, oh, of course not. Well, I have had a – I have had a White Claw. I've had other varieties of it. It's fine. It's a delightful drink for when you want to have um, essentially a vodka soda with with a tiny bit of flavour. They're fine. They're delightful. But as far as people getting upset, to quote Jalen Rose, give the people what they want. And that's all these breweries are doing. People want hard seltzer, so give them hard seltzer. What do you think of like the weird flavors? You, what do you guys think about that? Like, a, would, I mean, I, I know I would try these. Like a gummy bear um, hard seltzer. I would drink a gummy bear hard seltzer. I'd do that know. for sure. Yeah. This is I'm a on, person that, that. that drinks um, strawberry milkshake IPAs. Do you think I have a problem with weird flavors? No, I love weird flavors. They would make me want to explore the beer world. So if there's going to be something that gets me into hard seltzer, it's going to be that rather than plain hard seltzer. I don't think I would do energy drink. I just, but but then again, I just have. I don't like the taste of energy drinks, so I think I'd probably avoid that one. But see, I tell you um, what, I loved back in the day is the malt liquor that was like an energy drink. Was it Moco Loco? That stuff was, was delicious. Four Loco, Four, four Loco. loco? Dude. <laughs> you were dude. drinking Four Locos. Yeah. If you want to turn this into a Four Loco cast, <laughs> I am down. I'm sick now, of. I think beer, beer culture is boring, anyways. Let's talk about Sparks and Four Loco. Come on. Now, now I'm in every week. If this is a Four, because <laughs> <laughs> you used to be able to get it at the ABC shop downtown Las Vegas. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, spark- goddamn right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Four locos and sparks, dude. Sparks were very bad tasting. Four loco was a little better, but my um, my wife uh, uh, Kelly, who has been on this podcast, in fact, lit- had her, her roommate in college. One of her roommates in college was a rep, like one of the hot girl reps or whatever for like uh, one for four loco. So she, she just gets would get like twenty cases of four loco, and she's like, all I have to do is give these away. There's no real purpose for it other than that they just gave them to me so she just had a closet of four loco that we could take whenever we wanted 
and I'm sure I did some damage to myself. I mean, when I look back at, you know, what was the sum of ingredients that got me to having laying on a table, having heart surgery, maybe 54 locos. And you're in your, when you're in your early, when you're in your early twenties. Oh yeah. All, all of that shit is, is great. I mean, any of yep. those weird, like malt liquor, fucking yep. Mike's hard lemonades, oh, yeah. smear off ice, like any of that shit. It's right in your wheelhouse. You haven't developed a real taste for alcohol. You just like to be drunk. This tastes like candy. It's like you're drinking a, a like a sun kissed. Uh, yeah, it's a, so, it's a, it's yeah. a juice box. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a juice box that fucks you up. So yeah, all that stuff was is the best. Hard seltzer is supposedly like the grown up version of that. I think it's certainly less sweet than drinking a Smirnoff Ice, which. Um, I'm not sure if I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would. I, I have been tempted by Bud Light Lemonade. If anyone else, if you guys want to look at me for another Bud Light product, I've been looking at the Bud Light Lemonade on Instacart because I'm like, what is that? I, I could try that. Um, but you have to buy 24 of them at a time. So I don't know. You'll get through them. Um, we know how much beer the- you've got in your cellar. You'll get through 24. Yeah, another 20. Yeah, another 24. What's what's the difference? And those will last forever. It's not like Bud Light goes bad. I mean, come on. Okay, what's more expensive, a case of 24 Bud Light lemonades or one stout from Tavor? Oh, you know the answer to that. It's, it's, one, it's one stout. It's the one stout. It's much more expensive. Uh, unless, you're paying, unless you're paying $30, $30 for, a, for a 24 pack of anything with Bud Light in it. Um, Brian, are you familiar with uh, our good friend's spending habits on on artisanal stout? Uh, I, I know that I know that he's waited in line for things, and mm-hmm. if I've learned anything from like the the people in like the the sneaker community, is you never wait in line for anything that's not absurdly expensive. <laughs> okay, uh, and these so, are cheaper than the sneakers, by the way, as to be clear. Okay, <laughs> to be clear, yes, for the limited edition sneakers, but for some others, I'm sure sneakers are cheaper. Um, com is where my sneakers are coming from, and that's a and there, there is a little preview of something to come later. Okay, <laughs> our good friend ordered four stouts, and tell me what you think he spent on these four stouts combined. Each this, of these this is fine st- because this is relevant to my next news story, so okay. you're going to like that. Each of these stouts was 12 ounces. Um, they were aged in barrels. They did have a bunch of flavourings. They were particularly high in alcohol. For the four combined, how much do you think he spent? I only got three, by the way. But oh, I, I, I'm going to say, and now listen, in my mind, this is an absurd amount of money. Yep. Spend on beer. But I'm going to say $100. You're low. You are low. Jesus Christ. He spent a buck buck 50 on three three of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I hope it's amazing. I hope you love it. I want it to be worth every penny to you. But, uh, of course, that sounds like a crazy thing to me. I said this last week. Do I think it was worth the money? I don't know. I could never answer that question because uh, uh, I don't think it matters anymore. Once I just decided to spend the money, I guess if that's a, if that's sort of an existential exper- experiment. But uh, I'm not traveling, and I'm not uh, I'm not doing anything other than sitting in this house. Right. So fifty dollars leaving me for me to try this was like, eh. 
whatever. It's also, <laughs> it's also how you value things, right? So I would never right. spend $150 on beer, but I guarantee you I've, uh, I, I bet uh, $40 on the over in this angels giants right. game tonight. And, uh, <laughs> but you'll definitely make that back. I mean, zero, zero in the third inning, but I'm sure <laughs> that, uh, once they get the, the bullpen in, I'm sure it's going to explode. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, my, you know, so I've wasted money in other ways. Everybody wastes money on shit. That is important to them. My whole thing is I, I can't tell the difference. Like mm-hmm. it, you can't give me a $50 beer and have it taste <laughs> different to me than a $6 beer. So it is a waste of money for me because in no way can I appreciate it. Yep. This one, I think the one I, we, we drank one of them, uh, they, um, and, uh, this one, you'd be able to tell the difference just because it tasted like German chocolate cake to a T melted. I mean, it, it, it might as well have not been beer. I mean, it was that, German chocolate I, cake. If you like. spilled some bourbon on it, I mean, that was pretty much it. So really didn't bear any resemblance to beer as you know it. Um, but Hey, and now that money's gone and I'm not even, it, I, not even a thought in my mind. Cause I can't gamble or lose it at the M or, uh, spend it on a flight or, you know, even spend it on from uh, fucking hamburger or something. You know? Couldn't you have gambled away at a Wyatt by Vada? I could have. I already did, Tony. As as our listeners know, I gambled on your Phoenix Suns, who pretty much did everything they had to do, but 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 gave it up. Well, they didn't give it up. Portland screwed them at the end. Portland did screw well, them. anyways. And Portland ended up screwing us the other day. Yeah, Portland screwing everybody right now. Fuck, yeah, fuck Portland. Um. All right, so Brian, this will be relevant news. Uh, based on that story, you'll like this. Um, so uh, I don't know how to frame this up, or I don't look like a lunatic. I, I just will. Um, so in the world of beer, Brian, there are uh, there are these things. Um, I was telling you a little bit about this the other day, yeah, but uh, certainly our listeners might may be familiar with this. But there are these memberships you can get at breweries. Um, and essentially with these memberships, you pay a yearly fee, um, uh, and you get an amount back. Wineries are actually probably created this. I think wineries have had this for a long time, right? You pay like some amount of money. They, you get 12 bottles over the course of the year, and maybe you get first access to a bunch of other, you know, reserve stuff or something. And, Uh and I don't think beer invented this. I'm positive this has existed in the wine world and probably in the like bourbon world too. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, one of the one of the caveats they often add, um, especially with beer, because beer has a problem with resale. So if you think I'm nuts for paying fifty dollars regular retail for a, for a beer, wait till you see how these resell. And that's popular with sneakers. That's popular with wine. All this other collectors' crap that we talk about. So um, brewery here in St. Louis, brewery called Side Project, uh, has a membership like this, and um, they make a they have a caveat that says you cannot resell our bottles on the secondary market. Um, now to me, this doesn't sound like a crazy request, right? So you can't re you're not supposed to resell like a box of a case of Cheetos on Facebook marketplace either. Right. right. You're not supposed to have those garage sales on if you have these where you are Brian and maybe Tony, but garage sales where people just buy Costco, um, bottles, giant bottles of detergent, and then set up a tent outside their what? house and resell them to people. <laughs> oh yeah, that happens here. That's a yep. scam. I, need I don't to know if into. you've ever seen that, Brian. But yeah, I've, yeah, I've oh, seen yeah. it for sure. Yeah. So um, you're not supposed to do that stuff. And these breweries don't like when you do that either. 
So they'll just kick you out. So here's a, here's an email that came from side project. They sound, they found this guy. His name is Eric. He said, Hey Eric, we received proof that you were selling your uh, BBT rye bourbon. It's like uh, bourbon barrel time rye on the secondary market. I have attached the image. Have a good day. And they kicked him out of the, um, they kicked him out of the membership, right. And refunded him, whatever, you know, uh, his order is where and all that stuff. So, uh, he was asking for, um, so he had the, uh, the four trade bourbon barrel or uh, bourbon barrel time rye. He was looking for $600 for that. 20, it's a, it is a 25 ounce bottle of beer. So certainly twice the size of my $50 bottle, but, uh, 600 bucks for that. So for one, for one, one of them, for one of them, $600. That's, so that's offensive. That's, that's offensive. offensive. At that price, there doesn't need to be a blow blow job in a bottle. Am I right? First you drink it, then you fuck it. That's that. <laughs> I'm that sure you've tried it. Makes sense. Yeah. Like you serve it in one of those, uh, f- like a fleshlight. Does it, <laughs> will he pour it into a fleshlight? Perfect. Yep. Oh, now I know what that glass cup was that we had a oh, few weeks glass. ago. <laughs> that gloop sure, cup yeah. that was based on a oh, fleshlight. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's coming up too. You're, you're, Tony, you're, you're on, you're on the same wavelength as me as, as to what these funny <laughs> okay. things are. But, um, yep. So, Brian, I thought, uh, I think it's crazy that these memberships exist and, uh, wink, wink, I am in one of them. Um, right, sure. and you know, have made poor decisions there, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm not reselling my bottles for $600 because I guess the part I have a hard time with, and I think you might relate to me on this. I don't have the nuts to ask for $600 for a beer. I don't have the gall to do it. And I think that's part of the reason I'll never like be able to, some people are able to break even on the beer world by doing stuff like this by like they can, they'll, they'll, they'll join a couple memberships. They'll have some stuff they want to drink. They'll resell the rest of it and they will just be net zero. Um, I don't think I have the, uh, I don't think I have the fortitude to, um, or the confidence, you know, this has big vibes of like being able to send your food back type of guy. that can be able to sell their beer online like this. Um, And I don't have that in me. I can't do it. Never in a million years. I couldn't (laughs) do it. I, I, I've told the story many times on TAI, but I, I recorded uh, a comedy album many years ago, 10 plus years ago at this point, the idea being that I could sell it because I would see other comics sell things after shows and they would sometimes make more money selling things. Right they would for whatever the club shit money the club was paying you so i'm like i'm gonna do that because you know i i need some money and i recorded it and i just gave it away to anybody who asked for it because i was horrified at the idea of like actually standing there at a little table and having people i'm like trying to to shill it out for money like it was too embarrassing for me to even consider. So yeah, uh, I, I totally get, totally get it. It's like, in fact, promoting this podcast, which horrifies me beyond belief um, to tell people to like, Hey, listen to me talk. Like why, what, well, who would do that? And you know, Hey, here you are. So congrats. And that's um, awful. So uh, you think that's crazy for resale. Well, Tony teased it. Let me tell you about glass whales, Brian. You're going to love this. Um, 
So some of the big news lately, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, a, uh, a local brewery uh, called 450 North, actually not local, but lo- more local to me than they are to you guys. They're in Indi- Indiana. Um, they make, uh, Brian, you probably like their beer. Uh, it's barely beer. It's essentially Jamba Juice, but maybe a little alcohol mixed in. Okay. So it's okay. just these very thick, smoothie tasting things. Yeah, but when we're talking a little alcohol, Griff was saying that they've been labelling their beers as 8 and 9%, when in actual fact they're about 3% alcohol. So three, three very five, li- maybe, yeah. yeah, very lightly alcohol jumbo juice. So um, they have big releases and people wait in big lines. Uh, I can't imagine a million years waiting for that stuff, but, you know, to each their own, I guess. I'm not going to judge because... I, I've done stupid crap too. So, but one thing I will judge on is they were selling, they, they had a glass that they were selling to. And some breweries have gotten into this glassware thing, but it was this kind of ugly um, glass that looked sort of like a bong. And it turned out it was made by a company that makes bongs. They do like the quote unquote hand blown glass, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that is almost certainly only bongs and, and one hitters and stuff. Um, so they, they sold this glass and this glass sold for $250 a piece. It was a beer glass for $250 a piece. That's just the glass. Just the glass. No beer. You don't get any okay. beer with it. No beer in it. Nothing. Right. Just the cup. All right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I, on some level, I, I'll just say, okay, that's fine. Cause you think of it as like a one of a kind piece of art. But here's the question. It's not a, it, it's an ugly glass. Is it a piece oh, of art or is it just a fucking glass that you pour beer into? Okay. The way I would describe it, it's like a glass sugar cone mixed with like the look of like, if you can imagine a glass cover for your flashlight. <laughs> for, for your flashlight. <laughs> for the one that I own. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, I imagine he's upgraded over the years from his Sue Johansson. Superhead. Superhead. Superhead honcho. <laughs> Superhead honcho. Uh, oh, Is she so still I, alive? I, mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> she uh, but I also don't, I also don't, I don't keep track of her. <laughs> um, I, uh, mm. I mean, like I said, I, I don't. I try not to judge other people's art. If something truly is like one of a kind and handmade, it's worth something. But uh, if you just made a glass, like if it just looks like a glass that you that you pour beer into, yeah, uh, it, does it, it, it fucking matter? Yeah, it's an unusual, slightly looking glass, but it's certainly not. Yeah, it's just a glass. No, and I'm out. so that's not even the news I have for you. So. Um, there's been a lot more glass reselling going on, and uh, so I so I went perusing this a little bit today, and it turns out that it gets worse. So I went on eBay, I looked up some beer glasses, poked around on there, and here's a glass. It's just titled Rare, the answer, Yoshi Glass, and the answer is a brewery in Virginia. Yoshi meaning the little Mario guy, you know, little dino guy. Of course, I and uh, it's um, it's just a it's a wine it's a stemless wine glass essentially. I'd call it a relatively narrow stemless wine glass with a picture of Mario riding Yoshi with three little Yoshi eggs behind it. Um, okay. And this glass is being resold. I don't know what the retail value was. I would guess it was probably a hundred dollars. Would be I guess hmm. it is being resold for one thousand dollars. Okay. 
if the actual glass was like crafted to be like a Yoshi glass, like you're you're literally holding Yoshi. You're holding him, yeah. Yeah. And he puts an uh, egg out, yeah. Still in a billion years, I wouldn't spend a thousand dollars on it, but uh, I'd take a look at it for a hundred because I'd think it was fucking cool. If it just looked like Mario, if the actual glass was Mario and like riding on Yoshi, Yoshi, and I'd take a look at it for a hundred dollars. If it's just a picture, like you can get a fucking, I can go on one of those websites right now and like that make quote unquote custom engraved shit. Custom engraved. Right, exactly. $30, you put in a coupon code, they give you 10 bucks uh, <laughs> to, to, to take it. Like, that's, uh, that's, that's absurd. I'm, I don't know. Hey, hey, he's giving free shipping on this. Oh, it's pretty is good. He? Yeah. It's insane uh, free. <laughs> and 10, 10 people are watching it too. So this, this could sell for a thousand dollars. Now I don't think it will. I think it'll, I think it'll get to like, 800 and somebody will buy it at the, at the 800 if, cause he's going to drop the price and that's why people are watching it. But, um, Wait, yeah, it's a glass out. that just has a picture of Mario and Yoshi, a picture of Mario and Yoshi. Uh, Yoshi is sticking his tongue out in that Yoshi way, you know, where he's kind of extent full extend, yeah. um, at a, at a hop picture and three little Yoshi eggs are trailing behind him. I don't understand why anyone gives a shit about this. And it's, and it's small too. It's just on the, it's, it's only, you know, sort of a couple of centimeters, you know, the length where you put like a logo for like some dumb winery etched on a glass, right? That's all this is. And I would guess if you run this through the dishwasher, you could easily blast that off. I I would figure it's just (laughs) printed on there. Of course you're going to be doing that to a thousand dollar glass. Um, I just want to stand up for this guy. I'm not saying $1,000 is justified, but we've got a similar situation in Australia with the can collectors. That's another thing in the beer community, can collectors. There's a beer that was made. We got that here. Yeah. There was a beer made called Jedi Juice, but because it was called Jedi Juice, it had to be pulled off the market quick smart due to a lawsuit with the... Lucas Arts Corporation, which is owned by Disney, those cans that are named Jedi Juice are now worth a fortune to the can collecting community. Now, is the beer any good in them now? No, because it's a year old hazy IPA. But because of the legal situation and you'll never see another Jedi Juice, you now see a similar looking can from the same brewery called J Juice, um, but you'll never have the limited Jedi Juice again. Um, those cans are now worth a fortune. Maybe this is a similar situation because we all know Nintendo love to sue. Well, here's, here's the other thing, and this is something that I blame our generation for, which is we're so tied into nostalgia that we're willing to fucking throw money away if mm-hmm. it reminds us of something, right? There was <laughs> a, there's, there's a hand, there's stores all across the country. There's actually a Netflix show of, about this, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was actually filmed in my hometown of Tucson, uh, where it's a dude, uh, who that's, this is what he does. He sells retro shit, right? So he goes to like thrift stores mm-hmm. and finds old shit that people have like donated or, or sold to a thrift store at a Goodwill. Uh, and it could be anything from like an, an old or an old, 
a t-shirt or like toys, right? So like one, one episode I was watching, he went to like Goodwill and he found like an old school super soaker. Okay. Okay. He bought it uh, for $3. About what they're worth. Right. And then he took it back to his shop and he like, you know, he, he washed it a little bit, cleaned it up, you know, maybe, uh, you know, painted up the decals a little bit. So it looked new, but it was still just a super soaker. And then he's like, hey, buy this super soaker for $50. Jesus. This is what happens. Like people do, like he, he, there was this whole episode about the San Antonio Spurs snapback hat and he found one and he like got it cleaned and then he sold it in his shop for $60. I owned that hat back when David Robinson was on the team. Yeah, I, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to think about how much a Bulls starter jacket's going for now. I, exactly. So yeah. So that's mainly what he sells are, are like, you know, old, old shoes, right? That's the a big thing for the sneaker collectors. Jerseys are huge, but it's, it's just that shit. It's just shit from like when we were kids. Uh, and then he, he has just marked it up a, an insane mm-hmm. amount. Yep. And I can't, I can't figure it out. I, I can't wrap my head around because you can have things made. You can have anything. I mean, Tony, when we were doing Tycons, I would have shirts <laughs> made that had, Logos that had Tard card written on it. I've still got mine in mid condition, baby. 509 motherfucker. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can pay someone to put whatever you want on a shirt for $12. Nice catch, it though. Nice care. catch. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, uh, but, but these people are like, oh, but that's actually from 1993. So I'll pay. $250 for it. It just it doesn't it doesn't make any kind of sense. You know who I blame? I blame the Simpsons because they predict oh, predict wow. the future. Wow. They are to blame for the Rolling Stones still touring. They are to blame for the Donald Trump presidency. And if you sure. remember back to the episode where um, Homer thought Bart was gay and they ended up dancing in a steel mill. That was a whole episode yeah. around a guy that just sold kitsch items. And that's exactly yeah, what... John Bri- Waters did the voice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Brian's talking about. The Simpsons predicted it. Yeah. Wow. Great. Well, thanks. Thanks for that, Brian. And, and uh, well, just to follow up onto that, the, there's a second glass that's on eBay. It's $500. Same brewery. This one has Mega Man on it. So you are exactly on the right path of that mm-hmm. um you know mega man uh of course he, he did a video game too he was in video games if i recall <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so they have one for that uh, but now that's 500 bucks never used so the, the previous guy did not say never used so i'm wondering if this guy was sucking down stout out of out of his thousand dollar cup but uh <laughs> this guy says never used mega man mega brain glass 500 bucks 47 dollars 50s tax so Great. Very good. Uh, I, I feel like I've taken you guys off on a few tangents and we're, uh, we're in, I know the normal home stretch of the show. So uh, I apologize. What's, uh, what's, what's back, what's back in your, in your uh, agenda, Griff. So uh, I'm actually going to, uh, we, we had a, um, we had a funny segment. Well, who knows if it's funny, we're going to skip it though, because I wanted to talk about this, Brian, you, you brought up a good point and I would love to hear your response on the, on these things. So, um, unfortunately my tease for wish.com is going to have to wait a week so that, and Tony and I can, can go down the, couldn't go down the path of wish.com. Cause Brian, 
I, I do want to get your opinion on this kind of topic in general while we're here getting you being incredulous about beer things. Mm-hmm. And that is from our friend um, who goes by the name Grammar Friend. Um, right, right. I don't know, <laughs> whatever we would call him now. Yeah. And uh, he gave us a topic for our next Beer Engine and podcast. And I feel like this is the next one because that's correct. And Brian's here and you got mentioned in it. So I feel like it would be a, a big miss if we didn't bring this up. Um, so he tweeted up or tweeted, he Facebooked a picture of three cans of beer, which strike me as patently false. I do not, or false, fake. I think this beer doesn't exist, but it does bring up an interesting topic. So, um, or at least I can't find evidence of these beers existing. Um, these are, I have the, some insight. The, the cans say Jimmy Dean breakfast beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three cans here available, three items available. One is chorizo and eggs IPA. <laughs> one is sausage and gravy cream ale. And one is meat lovers Imperial stout. Now I've had experience with food, Beers, I guess. Um, Mamma Mia. Meaning, right. And we discussed the Mamma Mia pizza beer on this show, uh, a classic. Um, I've had the mist, and I've had branded beers like this too. Uh, I drank a beer called Mr. IPA Nut, which was planters made a beer with a brewery, and it had, was a peanut flavored IPA, and it was bad. Um, so. Brian, give me your insight on this. What do you know about this? You've got the scoop. What's going on with the Jimmy Dean breakfast beers? Uh, I can tell you uh, with uh, certainty it's not real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason I know it's not real is because after he posted it, I looked to see where I could buy it. Because <laughs> I legit wanted to try that biscuits and gravy cream ale i wanted to like i thought for like you know what it's probably not going to be great but i could also see me liking it because i like shit that's not great sometimes uh so it turns out it's not somebody posted it on like a joke thing yeah but what uh what what made it great was we all saw it and not one of us could say for sure like oh that's stupid like of course that's fake Every single one of us thought, I mean, maybe this this could be be a real thing. There are a lot of, this is a whole uh, rabbit hole to dive into. And um, it it, kind of combines the best of two worlds with beer right now. One is extreme beer, which I don't entirely uh, relate to. So I, I think even what Tony was talking about sort of fits into that, his stuck together cans. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the salted caramel IPA strikes me as something that who would think of that other than you were trying to create something food like, right. Um, there are the Mr. IPA nut I had, I posted a picture and uh, beer people may be familiar with this is uh, evil twin made a series of dry aged beers. Um, and essentially they, I don't believe they had steak in them, but they were modeled after steak in that they were 120, 90, 60 day dry aged. Um, and they might've had some steak in them for all I know. Um, but so there's food. (laughs) No evil twin. They could have, 
Yeah, they definitely could have. So there's 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 a lot of um, food beers, but the other thing this crashes into Tony, I think, is the uh, what I the cease and desist movement, which is just <laughs> people fucking around with brands with their beer, yep. and not thinking they're going to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, we we see this a lot, and even even going back to the beer glasses we were talking about, but yeah, where you get. In Australia, we're getting a lot of Tim Tam beers because they think it's so iconic that Tim Tam will never come after them without sort of seeking the trademarks for it, but they're, they're trying to replicate the flavour and also cash in on the marketing buzz. Um, the Golden Time Stout that I had was based on a Golden Gay Time ice cream, which is a delightful ice cream, but I think they've just moved away enough where they're not sort of clashing with with the original ice cream their their logos aren't similar but this is a trend that i certainly see um i think the beer i had at the virtual beer festival which i know will make brian mad on two fronts virtual beer festival being one that's not that angry (laughs) you don't know you don't know our good friend on the other end of the line and it seems seems super dumb but go ahead yeah and the other one being the salt salt and vinegar beer that I had, which was very, very close to the um, Sandboy logo with the salt and vinegar chips it was paying um, tribute to. So, yeah, I certainly see breweries doing this all the time and I, I, I see companies now pushing back more in the States against breweries using uh, these beer names and, and using sort of the um, cachet that these these brands have already built up. I, I know someone... <clears throat> uh, nearby to me right now that works for um, a certain uh, packaged lunch brand where they, you know, you might be familiar with these things. You, you open the little container and there's a little, little ham, little wet ham bits in there and some goopy mm-hmm. cheese stuff and whatever. Is it like mournables? Um, Is that what they're called? Something along that sure. line. Yeah. But, uh, they just, uh, some, some brewery just came up with a beer called smashables or something or crushable. No, it was crushables. And it was, um, had the exact logo and everything. So I showed it to this person and I was like, check this out. And she's like, cool. You know, she doesn't care about copyright. What does she care? <laughs> she's made a joke about it to her friend or whatever. So she can give a shit, but, um, it looks exactly like their logo. So, so Brian, you said your favorite of these is the sausage and gravy cream ale. Is that right? I mean, if it were actually going to be a beer, that's, that's kind of a big problem. qualifier, but yeah, that's fair. If it, if it was actually going to be a beer, I'm going to tell you right now, I would try that one. Yeah, so that one has, um, that's an American cream ale with pork sausage, sausage gravy, <laughs> eggs, cheese, and Tahitian vanilla bean. <laughs> and I think they did a good job. They, they did a nice job of trying to make this stick by pointing out Tahitian vanilla bean. That's a very <laughs> yeah. craft beer it is. thing to do. It's funny. Um, yeah. So, Tony, the other two, I'm just going to say them out so every, nobody has to go find um, Mr. Grammer's um, uh, Facebook. But the other ones are the Tree Zone Eggs IPA, West Coast style, India Pale Ale. Hey, hey, we like trans, we like transparent IPA here, gang. I'm sure this one comes out transparent with chorizo eggs, cheese, peppers, and citra and mosaic. <laughs> and then um, the Meat Lovers Imperial Stout is an imperial stout with ham, pork sausage, bacon, cheese, eggs, and espresso roast. 
Oh, espresso beans. Sorry, I'm <laughs> blind. Um, so, and each one, the reason I should have known it was fake is because each one says it has 18 grams of protein, but. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a good, a good nod. The other reason why I thought it might be real is, like, do you see how, what they're doing in like, like the chip community these days? Or <laughs> like, you can get chips that taste like fucking all of this stuff yeah. exists in, in potato chip form. So a part of me thought, like, maybe. Like, I can't rule this out, but as yeah. it turns out, I've been, it's fake. So. I've been thinking about the Ranch Dordos meme all day, so it's, that kind of strikes home with me. Um, <laughs> Tony, we got, we got one vote for sausage and gravy cream ale. For me, I would have to go with the um, chorizo and egg IPA because I think the style is perfect. I think a cream ale is a disastrous style. And who wants a meaty stout? That's just a stout that's, that's something's horribly gone wrong in fermentation. Chorizo and egg IPA sounds delightful. Boy, the thing that's throwing me on all these is cheese. I don't, <laughs> I'm having a hard time with cheese uh, in the IPA or in anything. Um, <laughs> Just in the IPA, you're having a problem with cheese? I thought you would have had a problem with cheese in the stout. See, actually, here's the thing. Um, the stout, I'm, gonna, I'm going with the stout and I'm going to try to zoom on this picture. Uh, oh yeah, the stout is 10.2% alcohol and that seals it. I'm going stout because it's 10.2% alcohol and I'm at least getting that out of it. Um, right, well, it looks like we each got one. Uh, we each got a, a horse in this race. So. Yeah, I would, I would do the stout. I could see the stout if the cheese, depending on what, okay. If they're lofting American cheese into this, it's not going to taste like anything. No. It's synthetic enough in the first place. They're, they're putting um, like a mascarpone cheese, which is essentially just another way of putting lactose sugar. Mascarpone cheese. <laughs> okay. Simple. <laughs> Simples. Because they're just essentially throwing lactose in it and they're calling it cheese. Well, lactose in an imperial stout is fine. We've had those. How many of those? And in an IPA, it's fine. Brian's the one that's wrong with his cream ale choice. You never put lactose in a cream ale. It's got the word cream in it. I don't know, Tony. Look at a style guide for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, yeah. I think all three of these are hearing this tight BJCP. Uh, guidelines for style with chorizo in it. Um, this actually does make me think of. Uh, I've had one. I've had one beer that had bacon in it. Um, I've had it was made with bacon. It didn't have bacon in it. Um, and it was a. Uh, it was the Voodoo Donut beer, which yep. I think I talked about at some point in our in our lives. I don't know, but that's uh, one of the beers that we've shit. both had in our lives. Dude, I did not like it, and it had this slick, oily, slick taste to it. That um, makes, I think the chorizo one could definitely get that. Is Jimmy Dean making chorizo? I don't even. I, I, I'm sure that they are. Hey, guys, is, is my, my wife just passed through the uh, living room. I know right. that. I know we're up against time to end this thing. I know. Well, yeah, but I know we're up against it. But can I put her on real quick for a quick segment? Yes, Absolutely. Of course, yeah. of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. All right. Here. Put, put this on real quick. Um, we've talked uh, about quarantine life and stuff like that, but you know, we we all are experiencing this thing differently, and we're the only ones that are experiencing it with children. So I want to just throw this real quick to my wife Emily. Can you tell the the gentleman here 
what uh, what quarantine sex is like when you have oh when God. you have children. <laughs> I thought this is going to end in domestic violence. Just put the headphones on and do that. Yeah, it's non-existent until until we try to make it exist. Oh yeah, and then uh, and then it's real interesting to just tell them real quick what happened yesterday. That our children were pounding at the door, counting down until we were done kissing uh, to open the door and put them to bed. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Been, that was a, yeah. I think that's it, good. It had been uh, it had been a little while, so we decided we're gonna they're, they're occupied. We're gonna sneak away. We're gonna go into the bathroom, and God bless my wife for saying, "Are you gonna lock the door?" Because in my mind, I'm like, "Why? They're fine. Like they're doing their own thing." Right. It took 15 seconds for them to realize that we're gone. Come tearing upstairs, mm-hmm. banging on the door. What's going on in there? Are you guys kissing? Me yelling, just, just go away. <laughs> just be, we'll be out in a minute. And then yeah. literally they're like, one, two, no. three. Oh, now listen, I'm a real man, so I managed to finish. But it's, uh, it's, on full. Almost, impos- it's almost impossible to yeah. get anything going when there's and literally... Night. Children counting you down like it's a fucking NASA liftoff. <laughs> I feel like I'd be hypersensitive to the amount of time that had gone by all of a sudden. Like, oh. I'm, only, I'm only made it to nine. Oh, well. All, all you can do is focus on it. And I'm just like, come on. Luckily, there's such a disassociation between my brain and my penis that my penis just took over at that point and, and got the job done done on its own because in my head I'm just like this is taking forever what's what's gonna happen I gotta so anyway uh that's wow. uh, that's just a little that's a little uh something to send your your listeners home with uh that's that's my that's nightmare a special treat yeah yeah anyway well anyway, Tony why don't you tell me your stories of quarantine sex and hit it okay so like I'm saying uh I'll take the cream ale all right, guys. Uh, Brian, thanks for thanks for hopping on with us and, and spending a, an hour uh, of your time uh, telling us such delightful stories and filling the hour uh, hour with um, something other than me and Tony. You know, long spaces of silence, me waiting for Tony to react to my joke or whatever, and then go on for ten minutes about QAnon. Um, <laughs> if you want to. If you're a fan of the Beer Engine Pod and you want to reach out to us, you can email us, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Peep our Instagram. Uh, I actually got a great comment on the Instagram this week, Tony. Uh, someone just messaged me. Uh, it was on it. I mean, it was somebody I already know, so it's not that great. But they said, I fucking love your Instagram posts. And I said, hell yeah. That's all I needed to keep making dumb Instagram posts where you can look at people in hazmat suits, pedophiles, who knows what you'll find on my Instagram that promotes this beer show. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe a cardboard Um, box. Yeah. Tony might post a box picture. Um, Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) You can, uh, you can check us out on Untapped. You want to see what I'm drinking? Uh, $100 beers am I drinking? Well, you can go to uh, Griff AD on Untapped. Tony is St. Ma's. Brian? We haven't gotten Brian onto there yet, but we'll, we'll get him there. Check check in some hard seltzers and some uh, Sazeracs or whatever he's drinking these days. Um, 
and that's pretty much it. So, uh, Brian, you got anything? I can't imagine gonna what we just got. So that's probably the best thing we've gotten in twenty some episodes here. No, I'm I'm fine. Other than uh, I really will drink a pork and cheese beer if it exists. Thank yeah, you. Throw it out there. Yeah, Tony, what you got? Um, look, I know. The countdown for NASA starts at 10, but that countdown is way too long for me. Just started at one and I'm done. Oh, yeah, we, we've learned that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next, next week, get excited for some wish.com. Uh, Nonsense. Uh, special shopping. Yeah. All right. Later on, everyone.